Mina was two and a half years old when we started for the one-year trip. I didn't have any relationship to my daughter. I almost didn't see her. I was working almost every weekend at the Unimark to get it fixed for the trip. But on this trip, it's totally changed. She found me, I found her, and it was really nice. The first couple of months, they got better and better. The more adventures we got, the more we stuck together, the whole family. And it was one of the best things we ever did. We were parked in the middle of the southern Utah desert overlooking slot canyons deep below us when Jan and Renata pulled in in their dark green Unimog. Beaming with smiles, they came right over recognizing the German writing on our vehicle. And soon we began talking about raising kids alternatively. And so Sophie and I looked at each other and we knew that we wanted to highlight Jan and Renata on rewilding parenthood because they seemed to have such an interesting life. Later that day, we were able to share some time together deep in a slot canyon as they saved our asses. As Sophie and I foolishly took our children and dog through places that we totally shouldn't have. And we'd really bonded and we learned so much more about their travels through Africa. And we'll cover this in this episode and then we'll move forward in time to what their lives look like today in Hamburg. Jan is a hand surgeon and he leads a very busy lifestyle and Renata is a very talented artist. And we'll hear about how both of them cope with their busy schedules and the schedules of the demands of their children and how they prioritize time away and travel and what's most important for them and their family. So I hope you enjoy this episode of Rewilding Parenthood. Let's drop into the show. Hello. How are you? How are you? Totally good. Thank you. Guten Tag. I think what I'd like to cover with you guys, I mean, we could talk for hours about so many things, but... I'd really like to kind of cover your going back in time to your first trip and why that needed to happen and, you know, what was going on in your life at the time and, and what challenges you faced to be able to leave your lives in Germany to do this expedition in Africa. What pushed you to do this trip that everybody thought you were crazy to do it? And, and <laughs> what did it do for you both? What did it do for your family? So the main thing was that already Renata and I, we both like to travel before we get to know each other. But we traveled differently. We traveled um, like with a rucksack or like backpacking and something like this. When we get to know each other, I bought an orange surface, a Mercedes, almost like yours. And um, actually, at this time, Renata was studying and living in Sevilla in the south of Spain. And I just put all my money. I was just starting as a doctor in the clinic uh, like one or two years before. And I, I got this bus and just drove down to her like 3,000 kilometers because we got together on a weekend trip when I met her in Sevilla for a longer week. And, um, but we knew each other from, from Hamburg before. So this was the starting. I, I bought this orange bus, drove down, and um, I just got not paid vacation from the clinic for a couple of months. And we made our best and gorgeous trip together at the very beginning. And, and already when we were together after a few months, we buried the pill and decided <laughs> to get children together. We were we were really out of mind and didn't. So in love <laughs> with our orange bus and with each other. 
So we, we were at the south of Spain and we made a trip through Portugal and all Spain and up of France and had a really great and wonderful time. And on this trip, Renata decided to quit her studies in Sevilla for me and to come back with me to Hamburg. And this was the very starting from our story. And uh, from this moment on, we made like two or three times a year a bigger trip with this two-by-two bus within Europe. Then we always wanted to do something more. We were in Greece. We were all over Europe and made trips. And then the two boys came. Renata got pregnant and got uh, twins. This was a little bit surprising and shocking for us because we just wanted to start with one child. And then we had two. And directly after the birth, she got pregnant again. Crazy. And then we had three kids because the two boys and our daughter are only about 15 months apart. Now, I started to study art in Hamburg, and one year later, I heard about that I was pregnant. So this was at the really beginning of my studies, and it was really hard for me to have two boys and studying art. And I was like an alien there. Nobody else had children or had it before. So I was the first one, a first girl pregnant in school. And yeah, that was a crazy time. So always we had like three kids at the same time it was really a lot of work and i worked in the hospital at that time but we always managed to get some time for the family to get out to travel and this was always important to have changes in life if you always do the same thing at the same time it might get boring but the changing in your life makes us much more um, interesting so that's why we find now too we see hamburg and the german society and how the people act and how they are stressed we see it with different eyes it always calms us down and we we feel like being grounded after every trip. So all the stress and all this craziness in the modern society in the big cities is getting a little bit far away. And we are, yeah, we have a, a shield against it. That's how it feels like for me. Tell me about what it was like, the stress was like for you all when you had the three kids. And maybe that way you wanted to travel wasn't as easy anymore. And you were starting to feel more distant to the parts of yourself that were so important. At the very beginning when the three kids were very young you have like two or three years where you have the feeling that you're only existing you're only caring for the kids you only work from night to dawn and uh, there's so many things to do that you forget more or less yourself at the very beginning because it's so much work and there are three small kids that are totally depending on you how you care and um, this was hard so at this period of time we got a lot of help from Renata's family uh, Renata's parents helped a lot they cared a lot of for the children and Renata's sisters. She was studying at that time. She made a vacation from the studies for half a year and helped us with the kids. And uh, when I got a little bit more money from the hospital, we had an au pair from Portugal who was caring for the kids because I was working the whole day and Renata was at home and three kids at the same time. And when you're only one person, it's uh, almost not possible to really I was care. Studying the whole time. I had only one semester off after the twins and wow. when I started I got Mina and I didn't want to quit my studies they were really important for me so I had to study on and had three little 
very little children and one husband who was working day and night. So I needed some help from my parents and hopefully they were there and my sister and some friends. And all together we met it. <laughs> How long was your degree? Was it a four-year degree? Five years. So I did it wow. in a short time and because we planned already this trip, this really big one-year trip. And I had to be finished in five years. So Colin, we have to tell you that before Renato was pregnant and we were traveling with the orange bus within Europe. This was like two or two and a half years before the kids were there. We traveled and we decided to go over to Africa and to buy a 4 by 4 a small one, like a Land Cruiser or something, and make a really big trip together, but just planned for two people. Yeah. So I was already looking for a 4 by 4 car for two people to make an Africa trip, but then she got pregnant, and then we had to cancel our plans and uh, wait for the kids, uh, let the kids grow a little bit, and from the small 4 by 4 land cruiser we had to make the car bigger that it fits for more people and then even after this we ended up with five people so we had to find a car that was fitting for one year for five people and I was looking for a different kind of small trucks and I was not earning much money the salary in the clinic was not very high so we had to calculate what we can do and how we also um, make the payings for this year and this time there was nothing with internet or online working before the era of mobile phone. So we had to earn the money before we make the trip. And we rented our apartment to get some money. I bought this 4x4 then, the Unimog, and it was already seven and a half tons car. And uh, at the very beginning, you had to learn. So when we make the first trips to the sandy beach in Portugal, we just didn't know what to do. And we had problems at the very beginning, but we learned time by time. And when we ended up with the whole family up down in the south of Spain, we were better to go to Africa. So this idea of making a big trip was already in our mind from the very beginning when we got together. Then we had to arrange everything with a family, with kids, and the traveling was different. It was much more challenging with all the things that are needed. And before we left to Africa, we made already several trips with a Mercedes bus with the whole family. And uh, we made this trip to find out what we really need. And when the kids were two years old, we started with doing our two or three trips every year with the whole family. How long were those trips? And it is, is that a part of German culture to be able to take that kind of time off per year? No, it's very special. So the trips before with the two by two bus were always like three, four weeks trips. And we couldn't go so far. We stayed within, well, more or less within Europe or the north of Africa, but we didn't go much further. And how are you yeah. able to negotiate that with work? You know, I know a lot of people would dream about being able to take a month off a couple times per year, but people don't dare to ask. Did you just ask and you made it happen? Yeah, or? At this time, it was not common at all in the clinic, so everybody was surprised. The thing was that I was like a workaholic, so I got a lot of spare hours and I was collecting them and put them all together with my vacation time. So that's how I could get off like four weeks in a row. And uh, even one or two times I got uh, vacation without payment uh, to get away and to make some trips. So this was new, but time by time everybody got used to this, that I was doing this every year. And the time when I was there, I just worked like two others of them. So it was possible. And um, we were planning, but it was very, very stressful at the end before we made this one year trip. I was working almost every 
weekend at the Unimark to get it fixed for the trip. I was starting at Friday afternoon and I was working like two or three o'clock in the nighttime. I was painting, I was restoring everything and it was really hard. The last year before we left for the one year trip, I worked like seven days a week, 24 hours. And this was uh, not good for our relationship. Renata can tell you how it was. She's looking at me. My father is a mechanic and he had a mechanic store and they were working at the weekends on this uh, Unimark. And I was studying and I was in my last year. And this was really a difficult year. And I had to do my diploma and everything. And my mother helped out with the kids. But I was not able to see Jan because he was not there. This was really a very, very hard year for us. And we divided us from each other and we didn't see us and we didn't talk. And um, yeah, I felt alone with the kids and with my studies and we had no time together, no conversation or not enough <laughs> and not about the right things, only about work and money and how to do the car work the and the trip and everything. And yeah, it was too much. It was so difficult that we thought we couldn't do that trip anymore together. And after three hours driving, I wanted to quit it and to go home again and to leave. And We had a big fight directly yeah. at the beginning of our trip. I could imagine the stress of what you've been through and imagining our own experience, knowing, you know, our own version of that to get prepared for this trip. And I think Sophie and I felt the same way that is it worth it to go through the pain and suffering to try and take on this big thing if it's going to basically rip you apart in between. Yes, you, you find the right words. It was definitely like this. We had both this dream. We definitely wanted to do it. But the way to go there to get one year off, everybody was already saying we are crazy to do this. It was really challenging. It was really getting the last energy out of us. And we just wanted to get away. And we managed it. And, and after the first six weeks, we really calmed down. We got into another mood. We got into another lifestyle and with the kids and everything. And every day it was getting better and better. And we have found each other again. And we were talking again. We, we were close to us in this car the whole time, every day, every night. We had to talk. <laughs> there was no way out. Yeah. And we did it. <laughs> the first couple of months, they got better and better. The more adventures we got, the more we stuck together the whole family. Mina was only two and a half years old when we started for the one year trip. She was very young. So before I almost didn't see her. I always when I came home, she was already sleeping. And when I got up, she was still sleeping. I didn't have any relationship to my daughter. But on this trip, it's totally changed. She found me, I found her and it was really nice. Also with the boys, everybody was in the same boat now. And we got a lot of adventures. We were in the desert. We had to suffer. We didn't get something to eat. We didn't get good water. We had problems with the car. So um, we grow together. We managed all these problems we had. And it was one of the best things we ever did. Tell me about that. When you, you know, as this trip came to a close. And when was this? In the mid-90s, maybe, this trip? No, it was 2007, 2008. Oh, sorry. I'm putting like 20 years on you guys. 
Yeah, no problem. I'm not. I'm. I'm not seventy. I'm not seventy. I'm getting fifty. It's almost almost yeah. the same. And as this trip came to a close, and it, like I was saying, if anybody's curious out there about what this trip was like, we will be doing another episode with Jan and Renata just about this um, one year in Africa overlanding because we're it's, yeah. it's so it sounds so exotic and amazing. But as it came to a close, what were the takeaways from it as you were coming back to work, your normal life? You know, how did that feel for you? Actually, this was more or less the hardest part. After this one year in the car with the family, and we got back to Germany and back to work with almost no money, no really startup. Um, we were falling in a big hole, and uh, it was everything was really hard at the very beginning. The problem was the guy who we rented our apartment almost destroyed all our furniture and it was totally a mess when we came back we had to renovate the whole thing we had a lot of issues at the very beginning to get back in the normal life all the rules actually we didn't like the germans at all anymore because the germans are so rough to each other they're sometimes very impolite in Africa, most of the people were really, really nice to us. Um, we come back and everybody was yelling at us, our car is too big, uh, the car makes too much noise, it's too dusty. It's uh, Everybody was just um, arguing and it was so ridiculous because we thought that so many other problems in this world than taking two parking lots because you're coming back from a one-year trip. And this was really putting us down at the very beginning. Already before, Renata and I discussed if we really wanted to spend our life in Germany or if we move somewhere else, if we go in another country, if we live somewhere else. And we decided for our kids that Germany is safe, good for working, it's good for incoming. But we never really considered in our mind that this is a society that is not really having the savoir vivre. You know what I mean? French Enjoying the life. Yeah. So the possibility to really look over the border, to see the whole thing, to look for environment, to look for all the good things in the world. Um, they're really narrow-minded. They're really into earning money, into working. The Germans, they work themselves to death. They don't really know how to enjoy life. And that was coming up when we came back from Africa, right. you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and having the both gone through, Renata, five years of intense study and, and you, Jan, having to do your own study and then working the kind of hours you did, you knew what you were going back to. You had to either get in line with that society or you stand out in a Unimog taking up two parking spots and people yell at you. It's, you kind of have to make a choice. Yes. Actually, I planned already when we got to Africa that I don't work in hospital after this trip anymore. I got into a private clinic with a colleague and friend of mine and uh, started to work there. But there was, in the first half year, there was almost no income. It was really hard from the financial part also to manage it with a five people, family. But actually, the Africa trip was much, much cheaper than we thought. So we still had some money left for the first months. And this was very important. Yeah, I mean, the finances seem to be one of the biggest reasons why people don't choose to take these big risks. But as we were talking about a few months ago, living on the road is, is actually a lot cheaper in, than living in your day-to-day -day life. Much more yeah, cheaper. Much cheaper. We, we see it also now on this Mexico trip. When we traveled in Mexico for the four weeks or five Five weeks now with four people we spend almost half the money we would have spent if we would have stayed at the same time in, in Germany from the one year Africa trip 
an average with all the things, with ferry, with uh, preparing the car, with repairing the car, with all the border costs, with visum and food and fuel and everything together, an average, we spent like 1,500 bucks a month. So this was almost nothing for five people. We calculated almost the double. And nowadays, it's much, much easier for the younger people to get out there because all the influencer, blogger and so on, they can earn money online. They can uh, tell about their story. They can have a philosophy. They can have arrangement with some firms that pay for their uh, living. But at that time, it was nothing at all. But do you think that, um, you know, some days I wish I was a hand surgeon and could just unplug and do a trip for itself versus being out there on the road and having the trip be the work your income source i mean this one year that you were able to take off and fully unplug and you had saved up the money that you needed to me it seems like it was really important for that family bonding that you all so deeply desired definitely you're definitely right it's a different kind of travel if you don't have to work in this time and concentrate it's much more intense and you can concentrate more on the main things but on the other side you have just this period before i think both sides has advantages and disadvantages the ideal thing would be you win the lottery and go for <laughs> go traveling but you cannot really calculate with that yeah. It was being free and traveling and not thinking about any blocks or anything. It was a great time. And it was also important because we had a lot of difficulties and problems before and we needed very much to get together again. And um, this was for our family the most important trip and to get together to stuck together and to feel each other again and to be with the kids and to live our lives together and to do all these experiences to see each other again. And Renata, tell me about how this has played out over your kids there, correct me if I'm wrong, around 16? Yeah. We're about 10 years on from the Africa trip today? Yeah, almost. 11 years. So tell me how this trip has kind of shaped your family life into today and, and what life looks like now in Hamburg and, and what your kids, how you feel like this trip has affected their lives. Yeah, this is now difficult to do that in English. <laughs> yeah, sure. and it's okay. You don't. You can trade off. Thank you for taking the time to interview in English, and I appreciate that. Renata, you speak three languages at a minimum, and Jan, I'm sure you you about the same. Yeah, which is incredible. That's right. I think the seed we just put in these three kids, they were growing every day and they love to travel. They see the world with different eyes. They are very, very far for their age with thinking, with independency, with ayurvedic care, with everything. So we really trust all three kids that they will do a very good way in their life and I think this is because of all the travels. After we got back from Africa, we traveled like two or three times a month every year. We let the car more than three years in South Africa and Namibia and flew down there and made trips and all the kids were always with us and there were never ever any big fights or any big problems and this was melting really the family together and they know what's going on in this world out there. They know the difference, they can can really appreciate how Germany, how safe it is, how nice it is if you just open up the robin and there's coming really clear water out of it or that you 
you can park your car in front of your house and it will still be there the next morning and nobody threats you in the nighttime or will shoot you or whatever. All these things are so nice that we know that they know it. They have it in their heart for the rest of their life. I think all the three kids have a kind of traveling virus also. So that's why they go already to Australia. That's why they want to go on their own trips now. Um, after school, they are planning also a one-year trip, the boys together with a off-roader probably. So um, a lot of things that influence their life and their way of thinking. And they're totally interested in different cultures and different people, almost searching people that are not like us and finding it very interesting. They so, are open-minded and uh, very self-confident and they learn to be social and they learn to be open so that they are communicating with others and they're not afraid to be in contact with people and to talk to them and I'm so glad and lucky that They got it. Yeah, I know that's a big challenge, especially you hear a lot of people talking about that in the United States, this day and age, the, you know, kind of screen syndrome of kids just having a telephone or tablet in their hand, even in schools, them given computers to do their homework. And there's just less and less real human contact that, you know, this next generation is being raised yeah. without, yeah, knowing how to communicate. Yeah, and this real human contact is so important, and they have it. <laughs> I think we produced three dinosaurs that will be able to communicate face-to-face -face and to go in the world without getting lost without a tablet or a, a smartphone. That's great. And so when we met, your two boys were away in Australia. Can you tell me a little bit about that and, and then what, what traveling looks like for you two now? Yeah, the boys were in Australia and we traveled alone with our daughter and this was strange to be without them, but they had a good time in Australia. They were at different places in different families, but they saw each other, I think, two or three times for a short weekend and they experienced life there and to be in guest families. They didn't want to go home. <laughs> they wanted to stay longer and they said that it was the best time of their life there. That's great. What was really nice is that they got to know a lot of people from all over the world and now they are starting to travel to them and to spend some time in the different countries so they get international. They're not thinking of being German anymore. They speak about Germany and about Germans in a total different way. They see each other like international, global uh, people that do a lot of thinking about the environment, about the climate change, about all the pollution and... Um, It's really nice to see how far they are already in this age. And uh, if we compare to a lot of other people or even with their friends, they are two or three years ahead of the time they are actually are. And as you say, you give your kids wings and let them fly, They're believing that they can do and they can manage on their own because they are already so far. So I think this is what we got in them. Actually, we are now uh, almost on our own again. So now when we travel like two people, it really feels like vacation. And before it was like traveling. Traveling and vacation, it's totally different. Traveling is sometimes really hard. It's really uh, energy taking. So 
Jan, maybe just give us a sense of this next trip that you're on. So 10 years ago, you had a Unimog and, and you've done this amazing trip. And a few years ago, you found another Unimog and you've been slowly chipping away at the Pan American Highway, right? And how are you able to manage that? And what does that look like for your family and for you and Renata? Actually, we traveled then from 2007 till 2017. We traveled with the first Unimog through Africa, more than 100,000 kilometers, all the small roads, and we really enjoyed it. We did also some other trips with the first Unimog, like to Iceland or Scandinavian within Europe and also uh, to Turkey and so on. The first Unimog, we bought this already pretty old, and we got a new Unimog, built it up, and decided to make the next trip and was uh, the Panamericana. It took us about a couple of years to build this up parallel to the old Unimog. And then we sold the old Unimog and brought a new Unimog that is green now. The first one was beige for all the Sahara and beige and sand countries. We bought a, a green one now for the green countries and uh, shipped this from Hamburg to Halifax and made some trips. And the first year, 2017, we did all the Canadian things. We drove from Halifax up to Alaska and down to Vancouver. And the second year, we did... Uh, the whole west coast of the U.S. with the southwest and made some trips there. And now in the third year, we are uh, crossed this summer from Los Angeles to Mexico City and we'll continue our traveling at the end of the year in the south of Mexico up to Belize and Guatemala. That's the plan. And you do this a couple months at a time and depending on what parts of your family are willing and available to do the trip, correct? Yes, this is actually uh, at the very beginning in Canada, we made the trip together, all five. And the next year, 2018, the boys were in Australia, so we were only three that were traveling the U.S. coast. In the next year now, um, the daughter is in Australia and the boys were with us. And um, we will see how long they will come with us or when they start to do their own thing at all. And the time of traveling every year is depending on how much work I have to do and how the financial part is. So we, we are actually traveling the Panamericana in pieces. We are not doing in a row. So every year we store the car somewhere for a couple of months and we come back and travel on and store it again and travel on. So we have always the adventures of working and traveling in between and uh, compared the two lives with each other. So this makes very happy and everybody is really enjoying this. Renata is just jumping on her chair the whole time. <laughs> now, it depends also on the uh, school holidays for sure. So our kids have uh, in summer six weeks off. So we're able to travel in summer about five or six weeks. And that's the normal thing we are doing also. And in March uh, or in December, we're taking some time off from work and trying to travel about three weeks in winter also, or four sometimes. And um, this year we met each other in Southwest and uh, Jan and I were traveling alone in April, May. And this was the very first time. So this year we had some weeks more off. <laughs> we are now a little bit in trouble and have to <laughs> work a lot to make this... Um, to get the money together yeah, to get the for mother, this year. Yeah. In the first years when we always traveled to Africa, we always took 
the three kids out of school for a longer period of time. And the German school system is not suitable. We got problems, we got penalties because we took our kids off without allowance. But then the kids said we should stop this because they get trouble in school. So we do it in pieces, always when there's time. I think, on my opinion, everybody with his family should do something like this. This really sticks together. This is the best experience a family can do. And to get out, to see the world, how nice it is, and to protect the world, to get the feeling in the heart for family life and also for the whole world. It is really crazy in the society right now that they don't live the real lives anymore, that they just live a second part of life in social media and all the tablets that they spend, the screen time much more than a normal life. And I think there will be a movement earlier or later to go back to real life because it's much more adventurous, it's much more challenging, it's much more interesting than all the things that you can find in these small computers. Yeah, and for me, especially as an artist, it's also very important this kind of traveling because all of my objects and installations and drawings and what I'm doing I get these ideas from my travels and from these amazing and wonderful landscapes and from a lot of what I'm seeing there and what I'm feeling and uh, I'm getting observed <laughs> kind of observed and it's a very very special thing for me and um, yeah I'm making photos and some kind of notes and uh, so I have a lot of what I can remember and when I'm in my studio I got this back and this is also for me really important part it is much much nicer to be the actor a lot of people they look how other people live their dreams travel around the world and live the crazy life and they just are the watchers and they just look how other people live it's much better to be on the other side of the screen to be the actor to really enjoy life to be out there and to enjoy and get to know the whole world than just to watch to be from the outside yeah you're getting more open-minded and yeah more in touch with other people you don't know and this is such an amazing and wonderful thing because you feel also these kind of energies and this is so important to make you be a good human after every travel we see how different the energy in a country is how the atmosphere is how different the people are thinking how different the people are living and this is one of the best things that you find out what is really important in life when we met you in the southwest we saw a part of us And we had a lot of situations where we needed help from outside too. And this time we could pay it back. Yeah, this is really the best. Oh, well, thank you guys. Have a nice trip. What an amazing story that Jan and Renata have just shared with us. I want to thank these guys for taking the time to open up and, and let us know what it was like to take all of this on and what their life is like today. As mentioned, we tried to focus this episode more on what their urban lifestyle is like. However, we will definitely interview Jan and Renata again when we have our season on overlanding in Africa. I'm certainly interested in what that was like, and I'm sure a lot of you out there are too. So stay tuned for that in the future. This time next week, we'll be dropping episode two of Alternative Urban Families. We have Ryan, who lived 
lived in a school bus in New York City with his family for about 18 months. This is a super interesting story about how you can live alternatively, lower your expenses, and still have the lifestyle you want in the place that you want by choosing to live differently. And I have to say, I did not realize the paint job on their bus until after the fact, but you need to check out the way in which these guys painted their bus because it is just incredible and you can get a sense of how Ryan and his partner view the world. So if you want to check out these photos, please head over to Afuera Vida on Instagram or the blog. The links are both in the show notes and on Instagram, you can see these in the highlight reel under podcast. Rewilding Parenthood was produced by Afuera Vida, sound and editing by Mercedes Riva, and music by Tomas Tyrell. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to support us, please consider leaving us a review, sharing with a friend, or posting this somewhere where other people can see it. I hope to have you back next week for our next episode. 